Good morning. morning. Peace be with you. I uh, have lots of announcements to make. Hopefully I'll be able to remember them all. And please bear with me today. This is the sixth or seventh day after I went home and decided to experience the flu that everybody um, did. So in lieu of hugs and handshakes today, uh, we can do elbow bumps or, you know, back of the fist bumps and all that. Um, It was delightful. Uh, Tracy and I um, had it at the exact same time, which we haven't been sick at the same time except for just the day before David was born, our youngest. So that was a a 14-year hiatus we had, but we got a lot of chance to just sit with each other and be quiet, which... uh, you know, was neat, and the boys were helpful, and um, that was that was nice. And I got to tell you, it's it's a uh, it is it's a humbling experience. Any time that I thought I was all that was completely wiped away, because I was I want my mommy sick in a big way. So uh, may you not um, get that uh, this morning. I got a call uh, from Miss Liz, and she was not feeling good. So um, we will be, uh, we're not sure somehow that it's been taken care of. Tim gave me some sort of a cryptic kind of a message on that, but he's got it. He's got it. Oh, he got an auto player? Wow. Okay. You know, that's, that's excellent. And you got an auto uh, pastor too, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. It's all automated. There you go. You know, we just have like a little drive-through, you know. But uh, thank you, Tim, for that. And let us pray uh, for Liz and for her to, uh, to feel better, too. You know, those kind of things, you, it just the only response is get rest and feel better, and it'll be okay. Amen? Amen. Also, I'd like to point to you uh, in our bulletin um, a new feature, which isn't really new for most churches, but uh, in the four years I've been here, I don't believe that I've ever seen a prayer list included in the uh, bulletin. And I assume because it was just chock full of important information that, you know, then we have a, we've had a a prayer list out there uh, with names on it that we could pray for that you could pick up and take off. But almost every church that I've been in has had uh, people's names listed. And so if you look at page seven, there it is. And you will notice that it doesn't have um, what exactly we're praying for, because this is not a gossip list. And, um, but it is a, a list to draw your attention as you are practicing the presence of the Lord in your prayers, as you are being obedient to God's call on us as brothers and sisters to be lifting each other up in prayer as we know that Jesus said, my father's house is a house of prayer. And so I would encourage you to pray for each other. If your name is not on there and you would like it to be, um, call the office and Ashley will put you there. Um, If your name is on there and you don't want it to be, um, call Ashley and she'll remove it. Okay, amen. Let us pray for these people on a regular basis. We know there is power in in prayer. Also, in taking care of our 
constitutional duties here. Do we have that in here, Ashley? Yeah, cancel. Uh, help me. Where, where is it here? Mark your calendars. The annual congregation meeting is scheduled for Saturday, January 18th, with lunch served at 11:30, and the meeting will start at 12:15. If you have any questions or concerns, please contact a council member or come to the first part of the council meeting this next Saturday, January the 11th at 9.30 a.m. Okay? And I'll let you read the, the rest of these. Today's going to be a, probably a short uh, service, which you ought to make, you know, you get, get home. Uh, but uh, with, it, with our music, we'll see how that goes. Let us start by standing. And our opening hymn is Lord of All Hopefulness. It's found on page 469 of your pew green book. say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful to us, forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most Almighty God in His mercy has given His Son to die for you. And for His sake, He forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by His authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have poured into our hearts the true light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light may shine forth in our lives through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. You may be seated. Good morning. Uh, the first reading this morning is from the first book of Kings, chapter 3, verses 4 through 15. And this can be found in your pew Bible on page 524. And as you may or may not remember, the book of Kings is, is a chronicling of the succession of kings following King David, and whether they were good or bad. And some were good and some were not. And good and bad is related to how closely they kept the covenant of God, not how they did politically or or in war or any of that, but it's whether they were faithful to God or not and how that impacted the Israelites. So this first reading is uh, about Solomon, who was the king that followed King David. First Kings chapter 3, beginning with the fourth verse. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You've continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So you give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. 
Then Solomon awoke, and he realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a great feast for all his court. Now we will read Psalm 119, verses 97 through 104 responsibly, and it's printed in your bulletin. Psalm 119, beginning with verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so that I might obey your word. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14, and this can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1817. Ephesians, chapter 1, beginning with the third verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms and with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are got in God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord.
let's try together. Uh, we did so beautifully a cappella, um, but for our gospel verses sung, you know how it is? Hallelujah, for The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is from St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 40 through 52, and can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1592. Luke 2, verses 40 through 52. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking that he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. And then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends, and when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. And then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all of these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Have you, have you ever misplaced something? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> We all have done that, haven't we? We've all misplaced something. Perhaps um, we were reading a book, 
and put it down and then later couldn't remember where we put it. <laughs> or sometimes we walk into a room and don't remember why we came there. Can I get an amen on that? That happened to my 23-year-old just a little while ago, and he walks in, he goes, and his mother and I went, ah! <laughs> Maybe we were watching television, and we couldn't remember where we put the remote control. You know, if uh, smartphones were really smart, they would call out, I'm underneath the cushion in the couch. I've even put my coffee cup in the microwave, and later I couldn't remember what it was. One time I was on the phone, I have to admit this. I said, I can't find my phone. True story, Tracy will tell you. So what do you do, and what should we do when we, repl- we misplace something, right? I mean, what do you do? We usually retrace our steps to all of the places that we have been until we find it. Don't you love it when someone goes, well, when did you last see it? Or where was it when you last saw it? Like, Thank you, that's just not helpful. And if we're lucky, we have family to help us search. Right? Or, or in addition to, we have family to make fun of us while we search. The Bible lesson today is about some parents. Not just some parents, but parents who misplace something. Not just something, but these parents, Mary and Joseph, misplaced Jesus, the Messiah. It wasn't like misplacing a book or keys. They misplaced their child. And here's how it happened. They went to Jerusalem, as we read, and they did that every year for the Feast of the Passover. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem just as they had always done. After the Passover, they began their journey home. Always had done this routine. No different. But this time, Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and Mary didn't know it. They thought that he was with some friends or family members as they were traveling with them. There was no cause for alarm. Because again, this happened over and over. And after they had gone a day's journey, we read that they began to look for Jesus among their relatives and friends, but he wasn't there. And when they couldn't find him, they decided to return to Jerusalem to look for him. And after searching for three days, they did. They finally found them, right? And it's not really a question of guess where he was, because we know. But guess where he was? In his father's house. He was in the temple sitting with them in the middle of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And when Mary and Joseph saw him, we read, they were astonished. You know that song, Mary, did you know, right, that your baby boy. And 
Some theologians that I have had the honor of hanging out with have said, of course she knew. Well, <laughs> in today's text, we're kind of in, well, she didn't know why he was at the house, and he asked her point blank. His mother asked him, son, why have you treated us this way? Your father and I were anxiously looking for you. And Jesus answered, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Even as a child, as he models perfect obedience, Jesus knew that he must follow a path, the path that his father had laid out for him. And at that moment, at that moment, the most important place for him to be was in his father's house. Now, sometimes you and I may lose Jesus. How are you going to explain that one, Pastor Ken? Well, it's, it's easy. We get so busy in our daily routine that maybe we don't even give him a thought. Maybe our circumstances cause us to be blinded. Looking at our own navel. That we forget whose business we are to be about. And then one day, we realize that he's missing. Do you know what we need to do when that happens? Do you know what we need to do when that happens? We need to retrace our steps. We need to go back to the place where we left him. And where do we usually find him? In his father's house. Jesus said it was important for him to be in his father's house. It's also important for you and me to be in his father's house house. Why? Because his father's house is, a, is, is, is our father's house. He told us when you pray, Abba, Papa, Daddy, you pray to him, you go to him like a child. His father's house, it is a house of worship. It's a house of prayer. A house of peace. A house of love. A house of joy. What better place could there be for a child of God to be than in his father's house? So, Merry Christmas.
This is the 12th day of Christmas. And on the 12th day of Christmas, we see baby Jesus again. The gift that just keeps on giving, although the story has moved along some some at this point. But the Son of God, well, what is he doing? The Son of God is doing what he always does, and that is this. He is earning our salvation. Last week, when we read Matthew 2, 19 through 20, the verse says, and Joseph follows, well, excuse me, let me read the verse, when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in Egypt in a dream, saying, rise and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those seeking the life of your child are dead. And Joseph follows in obedience, and blessings follow him. Blessings follow us. Let's be reminded right now of God's goodness to his rebellious people. His goodness to children who rebel and deny him and those that he sends. His goodness and his faithfulness to those who forget about him, neglect him, leave him. Lose him. See, God had called the children of Israel his people. He said to them that he was their God. And he said to them, you are my people. And he kept them safe. Over and over again, he kept them safe in famine. And he brought them to Egypt And when the Egyptians enslaved his people, he brought them out of Egypt with a mighty hand, a mighty outstretched hand, an outstretched arm. He saved them. But in the wilderness, they left him, they lost him. They complained against him and they rejected God, saying that a golden calf actually had saved them from Egypt. God's people failed them. Out of of their sight, out of their mind, God's people failed him. And to save them, he decided to live his life for them and to do what was required of them. To save them, he decided to live for them. He decided to live for you, for me, to do what was required of you, of me, to be saved. He sent his son, Jesus, And Jesus is Israel, his people he sent him to. He, Jesus, is born. Jesus flees to Egypt like Israel. Then he is called out of Egypt. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus checks all of the boxes that are required of the children of God. 
That little baby born to die, that little boy that laid, stayed behind and asked questions. It's all about saving you and saving me. Jesus checks the boxes. He does what you and I cannot and will not do. You and I cannot justify ourselves, can we? Oh, we try, and that's a really ugly look, isn't it? So he lives his life in your place and in my place. And then he suffers the punishment that you earn when you fail to keep what God requires of you. He is Israel for you and for me. And so he makes you Israel. God leaves nothing about your salvation up to you. This way, his way, his stepping in, this glorious exchange that Luther described our depravity, our sin for his righteousness. It is the most sure way. We know that salvation and faith and hope and joy all flow from God's faithfulness. He is faithful when we are not. And you are faithful to God in him. In him he is holy, and you are holy in him. He is in heaven so that you will be in heaven. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, right? On the twelfth day of Christmas, there's a gift, and that is that Jesus is all about the work today of being your Savior. He is Israel for you, and you are Israel. You've been redeemed, you've been rescued, you've been set free, you've been led through the water. God's people, you are his people because of Jesus, because of him. He is the son of God, and you are a child of God in him, by him, through him. Merry Christmas in the name of Jesus. Now we will... Go to page 474, and children of the Heavenly Father, are we ready? Let us sing as unto the Lord. You may stay seated.
our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. be with you. Brothers and sisters, in the Old Testament we encounter Solomon seeking wisdom and worshiping our Father. In the gospel and the songs that the carols that we sing at Christmas during the Christmas season and Epiphany, we learn anew of the wise men seeking Jesus and worshiping him. Here today we continue to seek him as we pray to God our Father in Jesus' name through the power of his Holy Spirit. Let us pray together. Merciful Father, Almighty God, as once the Magi of old came to adore the infant Savior and to bring him the worship of their hearts, hands, and gifts, so do we come this day giving thanks for your mercy and rejoicing in your promise kept. Bring the light of your word to all who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Lord, in your mercy. You have established your church and drawn into her people from every race, tribe, and people. Bless all those entrusted with the leadership of the church and give to all pastors and missionaries the boldness of your spirit that they may proclaim the saving truth of your word without fear. Bless those who hear that they may be brought to faith. Lord, in your mercy. Bring an end to all threats of violence and raise up for all the people, people's leaders who will act with integrity, pursue justice, and follow your commands. Grant to all people the blessing of food, shelter, medical care, and safety in their homes. And bless those whose duty it is to protect and defend them. Lord, in your mercy. Guide those who teach your word and fill the classrooms in our churches, schools, universities, and seminaries with children, youth, and adults who seek to know Jesus Christ. Prosper the publishing of faithful books to teach the faith and bless the ways in which we may use the gift of technology for the faithful witness of the gospel. Lord, in your mercy, give all people the comfort of your presence 
healing according to your will, relief of their suffering, and an end to the terrors of mind and heart, especially those whose names we hold in our hearts and now name to you silently or aloud. Sustain the weary with your word, the wounded with hope, and the dying with peace. Lord, in your mercy. Mindful of your plan of the mystery hidden for the ages and revealed in Christ, we come together in this place as one people by baptism and set apart to live out our common vocation of worship witness, intercession, and mercy work. Bless the gifts we bring as you once honored the Magi by accepting gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Lord, in your mercy. With the faithful of every time and place, we give you thanks and praise. Through their example, we are encouraged to fight the good fight of faith through the apostles, prophets, and all the saints, you have displayed your saving glory for the benefit of all people. Guard us against the power of doubt and fear and help us endure, that we may be kept among your sons and daughters who shall see you and be filled with the radiance of your glory forever. Lord, in your mercy. You have made us all your chosen people, members of Christ's body, co-heirs with him of all the riches of your grace, including the privilege of this holy table. Hear the one in faith who receives the one body of Christ and his one blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Bless our communion in Christ and bring peace and unity that we may see the day when no divisions prevent us from kneeling in your presence and receiving this blessed Eucharist for our life and salvation and for the life and salvation of all. Lord, in your mercy. With exceedingly great joy in your promises and with confidence that you will hear and answer your people, we commend into your hands ourselves and all for whom we pray, through Christ our Lord, whom with the Father and the Holy Spirit, you are one God and one Lord, now and forever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please stand? Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things, for your goodness you have blessed us in these days. With them you honor us as your servants, and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all our humanity. For the sake of him, who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. In the wonder and mystery of the Word, whom <coughs> in the wonder and the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have opened the eyes of faith to a new and radiant vision of your glory, that beholding the God made visible, we may be drawn to love the God whom we cannot see. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his triumphant glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus taught to us. Our Father, Focus on the new covenant. So grateful that that new covenant was given to us by God himself through his son. That new covenant makes all the differences. That is the, the spirit of that beautiful exchange, glorious exchange that Jesus did on our behalf. Now, the table is prepared for those who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, those who are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, those that have been known to him and are, are know him and known by him. And that's you. I've heard you confess that. So if this is your confession, 
and you would like to partake of a feast that is to come right here and right now. Meet Jesus right here and right now. His body, his blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Come, the table is prepared. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you forward. Will you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we go out into the world, into the mission field, let us go with a song on our heart and song on our lips. Come thou fount of every blessing. Page 499. Never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious song, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain, fix upon Mount of an active